Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, gather around, tune in, grab your beverage, your refreshment. <clears throat> this is America's favorite breakfast taco coming at you live with another unique style of breakfast taco. We have DJ producer Big Rob in the building. What to do, everybody? Anytime somebody says that in the Discord, they all say, I can hear Chingo now. Burn, 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 burn. I've been missing out on the air horns, big dime. Hey, man, you look like you're in pretty high spirits considering the debacle of the of a month that it's been so far. Yeah, yeah, it don't stop, man. My rash finally starting to go away. Finally. Okay. I see you flexing over there, sleeveless, no hoodie on, no nothing. No, I got sleeves. Oh, yeah, 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 arms exposed. Yeah. You know I, got the, I got the right to bear arms, What's like short that? sleeves. Ooh. Let me see them guns. Come on, you know, let me see them guns. Yeah, hey, rash or not, you know what I'm talking about? You can't ban these guns, Beto. Show them show them that 2A. Show them the 2A that you carry with you. No, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to flex on here. <laughs> uh, uh, man, a lot going on, man. Uh, I'm more of a, sometimes I'm a potato and egg breakfast taco. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'm chorizo con huevo breakfast taco, tocino breakfast taco. You know, you I had know. To, I had to research, not research, but like Don asked me, how do you say bacon in Spanish? And I had to look it up because I completely forgot. You're getting rusty, bro. We have I, to start doing all Spanish episodes. Bro, I know, man. I know. I'm doing research for, for this little, you know, collaboration that I'm hoping that we can put together, you, IRPT, and, and someone else. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of research on Hispanics and podcasting or whatever, and it's, it's pretty amazing how the Latin slash Hispanic community as a whole like talk radio like they like listening to audio the majority of it right now still is music but coming in the, a close second is like news and information the latinx uh the latinx they like to have luncheons and luncheons spelled with an x um the democrats the large i knew rob i knew I knew the gaff machine was going to be like cranking out some some nice memes and a little bit of fake news and, you know, rumor and a lot of outrage and, and a whole bunch of grift. And, uh, bro, it just is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I'm not surprised that Jill Biden called, uh, I guess, did a little speech that just didn't really hit the mark, didn't really do what they wanted it to do. It kind of just backfired. Like, uh, you know, people on the right, conservatives, Republicans, whatever you want, Trumpers, whatever you want to call the ultra MAGA gang, you see the hat. The ultra MAGA uh, disciples. Don't tell them out. Uh, they, they, they jumped on it, bro. And the memes, I mean, everything from his iCloud. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like they needed a debacle to take away from the other debacle because while you're busy making fun of Jill Biden, which is noise, not signal, right? I'm more upset about the oil they sold from our reserves on some national security shit and sold it to a company out of all the companies they could have sold it to. It was a CCP type of company uh, where Hunter was very much involved. Um, so, so, so we have a lot to be outraged about, like legitimate stuff. But then you have these little debacles that are just distract you from the other debacle. Like we're no longer talking about Hunter was calling his dad Pedo Pete, Pedo Peter. Wait a minute, I missed this one. You, oh man, Rob, bro. There's, okay, there's so you, much to go through the leak. I mean, I, I was you know watching other stuff, I guess. Bro, all right. So you know, 4chan hacked uh, his iCloud, right? Right. And. 
from there, they had access to like several iPads and note, uh, MacBooks and phones like throughout the years. And uh, I guess this boy liked to film everything. So they were able to look at his text messages. Right. And I'm sure all this got to be fact checked. But from what I could tell, this shit is legit. And um, text messages were basically apparently he had his dad, you know, El Presidente saved as pedo peter in his phone and so you got group text with family and and you got pow pow replying but it's, it says pedo peter because he had this other nick i guess this alias uh joseph rahim brandon uh he had this other alias called peter henderson he would go by that and i guess it's a character from a tom clancy novel and he used he would use that around family and i don't know if it was like some uh, secret service type shit but he would he would go by peter henderson when he wanted to be incognito and uh apparently hunter had him saved as pedo peter oh my god dude this is amazing and then bryson gray dropped a fire track bro i mean this beat I, bryson i need to know who makes your beats like this beat was crunk and he's on there like uh, how it feel that it was like uh, how how it feel to be called a pedophile by your own child, like that's the name you, you that's the name you see when the phone dial, you know what wow. I mean? He's just like oh, in. That's dude. That that's a, a really good it brings up a good uh, a topic is that you don't really turn out, in my opinion. Correct, correct me or tell me how you feel. You don't really turn out the way Hunter Biden has turned out if you don't have all kinds of trauma from when you were a kid. I mean, I don't know what it, what qualified, what would constitute somebody turning into a crack addict. But, I mean, bro, this dude was living life 100 miles an hour. Like, Did you see Andrew Schultz's video where he said, why did uh, Biden create the 1994 crime bill? It was like bulletin one. Like he's running. It's like he's like in an airport. And the second one is uh, it's like to, to arrest, you know, all black people, minorities, whatever. Or is it to... Uh, prevent his son from becoming a crackhead (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so so see that's the thing though man like this dude out here living his best life and but but doing a lot of weird stuff like some of the photos bro it was like him surrounded by like five underage girls and they i don't know it looks like they're like rubbing his feet in his hands and show he just got like five youngsters all up on yeah um there's a lot of stuff. Dude, somebody made a meme, a video meme, where they just did a compilation of a lot of the stuff that was on there, like him filming himself, him doing just a bunch of weird stuff, uh, a lot of hookers, a lot of prostitutes. He had one with her head in a bag, like, covered, and he's, like, eating a Subway sandwich, like, taking a selfie. Um, something about smoking crack and, um, and drinking a White Claw or something like that in a... Uh, uh, one of them tanks, like a like oh one yeah, of them it, was water- a, it was a sensory deprivation tank, right? Like a yeah, blunt tank. Uh, that boy smoking crack in a sensory deprivation tank, and he <laughs> was like getting off in it, from what I what I read as well. I mean, it was probably a whole bunch of that as well. Uh, like his uh, his pop wired him uh, five grand one time because he owed the hooker ten grand. And oh, here's here's where it gets real crazy, bro. So the other day. This is why y'all got to get y'all's tinfoil. Go get y'all's breakfast taco. Eat the taco. Some- Eat the taco first. Yeah. Leave a little grease on there, manteca. That way the feds can't read your mind. So so basically the other day, Trompitas was like, yo, if you're caught doing some human trafficking and you're killing 
uh, you you gonna get the death penalty. He's like basically like we need to bring back. He's like if you out here slanging that fence and all and this and that, you out here killing Americans, death penalty. He's like we gonna get rid of this drug problem real quick. Wait, who is and this? Trump. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. At his last speech, yeah. So he said that, but then, but then like the next day or something, part of the leak was uh, that uh, basically Brandon Byron has sent. Uh, you know, Hunter, like 75K for some shit. And, you know, all their money was just kind of intermixed and intermingled, 10% for the big guy. And, you know, Hunter's paying family bills. It's just a little, it's just a little illegal, profitable, influence peddling operation. Um, and very treasonous when you got like spies from foreign governments. You know, he over there taking selfies of George Soros and shit. Oh, but, but anyway, so Trompitas made that statement, right? Mm-hmm. If you're human trafficking and you killing, death penalty so the next day part of the leak um it it looked like some of that money that was being inter, inter- exchanged and intermingled was somehow tied into a human trafficking like a multinational maybe like out of russia or some country human maybe ukraine actually human trafficking uh, allegedly many many speculate many people say bro and so of course when you got your tin foil on your head People like, bro, did Trompitas know? And he just got ahead of it. Like, okay, I know what y'all doing over there. And now we got some more proof. I'm going to go ahead and put that heat on you. Say, you know what, bitch? For people, I'm going to put it out there. For people doing what I think you're doing, death penalty. Now, when you heard that, what was your initial response to it? I was like, yo, Trump a gangster, bro. I was like, man, he finna knock boys off the mat. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, No. (laughs) I mean, I'm still tripping on how the hell y'all going to sell a million barrels to our enemy. And now instead of instead of um, doing domestic production, you're not even influencing domestic supply. You're giving away our reserves. You're giving away our rainy day fund, our our emergency in time of crisis. The last time we dipped into that uh, oil fund was Katrina. And the lady who, who took me to the airport the other day, shout out to everybody, came out to Ontario, Irvine, and El Centro. Uh, my next stop is Denver this Friday, this Saturday. Anyway, um, the lady who gave me the ride to the airport, right? She, I could hear her accent. I was like, where you from? And of course, you know, New Orleans. And we got to talking about uh, my friend, uh, my dear friend, Fit Four Weeby, that passed away. And she was like, man, I cried when he died. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, of course I heard a fifth word weeby, you know? And so she's from New Orleans. And she started, we somehow, some way, bro, she started telling me about what she went through during Katrina. And when I tell you, bro, like, if I don't recall all the way, I know you probably don't, only only because you're younger. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like lived it. I was a, a young man, you know, immature as fuck. But I was in my what early twenties, and um, and my friend before we be from New Orleans, he stayed with us. And then after that, you know, we we bonded. We we're like basically brothers at that point. And anyway, she told me, bro, what they went through. She was like, and, and I'm gonna rem- I'm gonna like butcher the details, but just to give you a snapshot, bro, it I was taken aback. To just the level of desperation and like real human crisis where she she was literally thinking about throwing herself off a building and 
she had a little bitty baby and that's the only thing that kept her head in the game. So basically they went to stay at a hotel. So now the hotel's flooding. Now they're on like the rooftop of a hotel and you don't have water, food, snacks. You're just with your kids trying to evacuate because the levee broke, you know, the storm was just a storm. The fact that the levee, so fast forward a little bit, right? Um, uh, I think at that point, somebody came in, a, somebody they knew floated up like in a uh, jacuzzi, like a pool, like a spa. Use it as a little boat, floated up to get them. After that, I think they were having to wait at the bridge because supposedly FEMA and the government was going to mobilize and logistically provide aid. And they're going to try to get people to the Superdome. So now they're like waiting on the freeway. She's seeing people die. She watched the Navy and like army people, whoever was down there, Coast Guard, stacking bodies at the end of the bridge. This is where the bodies go. This is where the bodies go. Y'all keep waiting over there. Help is on the way. Uh, By the time they made it in the Superdome, she said we waited in the bus, like parked for like, I forget how many hours she said, for like, hours and hours and hours for them to decide what they're going to do with us. So they basically said, if y'all have family somewhere, like, hey, this bus is going to Tulsa, this bus is going to Dallas, like, pick your fucking bus wherever you got family, wherever you're going to go, because New Orleans is gone. They were even taking people's guns at that time. They were, like, violating the Second Amendment, going up in people's houses and disarming them. Uh, She said there was, uh, obviously, looting. Um... She said people mainly were getting shit they needed, like just shit to survive. And she said, of course, there were some idiots stealing sneakers. She's like, where the fuck are you going to wear sneakers at right now? But anyway, bro, just the bodies, just um, uh, how it just took. uh, I think she said it was a couple weeks of like uncertainty and just being a nomad and not in in the heat and uncomfortable. And you have kids and, and just trying to keep your mind right. But I just feel like it's an important reminder because natural disaster can happen at any time. Um, I, I just went and got a goddamn generator in case our grid don't hold up, you know, because everybody's pumping that AC. And um, also there was a new thing about the windmills that they're only producing an 8% capacity and that there's no wind. And that basically it almost debunks what happened to us in the winter in that February. It, they were saying that they weren't weatherized. And basically, this new info was kind of saying, like, um, it's not the weatherized part. It's just there's no fucking wind. Speaking of, uh, of uh, what do you call it, natural disasters, like, we're in the middle of hurricane season, right? Like, luckily, nothing's really happened yet. <clears throat> About a week or two ago, there was four or five, you know, storms that they were saying, like, okay, these are looking like, you know, big storms that are moving into the Gulf and so on and so forth. And I don't remember that. I mean, I remember, like you said, Katrina. Obviously, Harvey. I remember that one. That was the most recent one. And then there was something before that. Was it Ike? Hurricane Ike? So Ike was better. There's been a couple of them, right? And um, I don't know the response to all of them, with the exception of the most recent one. So I don't know if, if our leaders have gotten better at helping some of these things, you know, as they unfold. Do you think that they've get, done anything, you know, as they've gone on? Like, have, basically, have your tax dollars gone to good use in Houston? Oh, not even just not even just tax dollars, bro. Where did the Harvey money go? Uh, I know JJ Watt raised a lot. We raised a whole bunch, and we matched what we raised, which was basically like uh, I think we took like some show, like hey, all the proceeds from this show, from mm-hmm. these shows, and then we'll match it on top of that. But anyway, we forked over a nice little check to um, 
whatever freaking link Sylvester Turner had set up, yeah. which was like Red Cross something, or I can't remember what it was, bro. But now we still receive like invitations to be like, because now they look at you like as a big donor. Oh, yeah. So now we get these invitations like, hey, first it was like, come see how the Harvey money was spent or something like, um, I forget what else, but it just seems like they're sh- trying to schmooze or something. Was that your first, uh, your first kind of little like red pill moment where you're like, wait a minute, where the fuck's all this money we donated? Um, I, yeah, I guess you could call it a red pill because, because it was one of those like heat of the moment things. Um, my manager at the time. He was like, because it was just like, yo, we're in Dallas. We can't even get into Houston. Like, it was just a debacle. And uh, my manager at the time was like, well, hey, man, here's the link. Like, I heard what you're trying to do. Here's the link of what the city set up through the mayor whatever, whatever. And you know what I mean? So, of course not, man. Tax dollars, uh, I don't know, because there's a shit ton of potholes. But uh, I know they sure are probably incentivizing the homeless because we got a whole bunch. Well, speaking of links, you know what your boy Sylvester Turner's, you know, shoot, shooting out there these days, right? Did you see yesterday's uh, post from the Department of from the Harris County Department of Health? A gun buyback program. Who 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 participates in that, dude? I have no idea. And also, I I know I think I posted in the Discord. Actually, yeah, I have it right here. So um, at HCPHTX, so the health whatever it is, health department uh, of, H- of Houston, Texas posted this and it's uh, mayor sylvester turner city of houston and the commissioner present the gun buyback it's and this is a uh, beginning saturday july 30th so if you guys want a crisp a crisp 50 dollar bill go ahead and show up and give them whatever your fire firearm is then they have a hundred dollar one 150 and 200 bucks and the comments were hysterical like hey uh i'll match and double whatever you're you're getting for your you know your ar or your handgun or whatever the fuck so um yeah man so, uh, if you want to go ahead and everybody wants to turn out uh saturday july 30th you can probably pick up some uh, some really inexpensive firearms if you want to just offer the people more than a 50 dollar gift card Real quick, guys, you know we're all about optimizing over here. We like to have energy. We want you to have energy. We want you to be as focused as possible because we got a lot of work to do. Y'all know we're dealing with a lot of stuff in this day and age. So Rob brought this product to my attention. It's called Magic Mind. I tasted it. It has matcha in it, adaptogens, a little bit of turmeric, ashwagandha. Man, it is an herbal supplement. Bro, I enjoyed it so much that I'm hooked on it and I want everybody to check out magic mind. You could do more and stress less with all stuff, man. It got like 12 active ingredients, bro. Yeah. The matcha, the adaptogens, the nootropics, the honey. I absolutely loved it before I even produced, uh, introduced it to you. I went ahead and tried it. Did like a little seven day run. Like they recommend, loved it. Told you to try it. You loved it. I got my wife to try it. She wakes up and says, please have my magic mind ready next to my coffee. Fantastic. Awesome. You can mm-hmm. take it alongside your coffee or replace your morning caffeine with it alone. Mental clarity, sustainable. It tastes really good. Mm-hmm. And it does what it says it's going to do. Yeah, like matcha already gives you a nice little buzz. But once you talk about nootropics and nootropics, bro, you get a little mind. This is me, personal experience, right? Mm -hmm. This ain't no FDA approved what I'm saying right here. But it gives you a little mind buzz, a nice little focus mind rush. And I absolutely love it. We're going to hook you up. We got a deal for you. When you go to magicmind.co forward slash chingo that's right you get a deal all right they set it up to where the listeners could get a deal you put in chingo 20 mm-hmm. at checkout and that's gonna give you 20 percent off because we want you to try it get your first order save some money and see how focused you could get back to the show i wonder if they're required to be like super legit and registered or if it's like 
hey, man, this is Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Almost like incentivizing a crackhead to go steal someone's guns just to go sell them. Or if you've committed a crime, like, hey, I know this is blood on this gun, but it's not mine. I didn't use it. I found it, and I wanted to turn it in to be a good Samaritan and also get a gift card. <laughs> yeah, because, like, no, but, like, in all seriousness, who participates in these things? Like, people who really believe that uh, you should be disarmed, unarmed? Um, well, the comments to this, they were hysterical, like I was saying, but also you did have a couple of people that were like, thank you so much, you should have done this, you know, decades ago, or uh, I'm, you know, I'm so glad you're finally doing this. I'm sure all the criminals are the first to line up. Like, you know what, I'm not even supposed to have this. Here you go. Either that or they're following the people that turn them in, like, all right, we're going to follow that car, we're going to follow that car and see where they're going. Yeah, but, like, in all seriousness... If anybody can let us know in the Discord, in the comments on rockfin.com forward slash redpiltamales, let us know. Like, do you have some insight as to how successful, how productive, like how many people participate? Like, I'm pretty sure they like to brag after the fact and be like, we collected 150 pistols and like, you know, 35 rifles, 10 shotguns, uh, some revolvers, 22, a uh, fucking uh, air gun, a yep. paintball gun, a slingshot. <laughs> a knife a potato gun a fucking bat with a uh, barbed wire wrapped around it so, uh, with a with a nail like the walking dead style you know speaking of money though and speaking of taxes and speaking of all this stuff that we've been talking about thus far um congress approved some more money didn't they to send over <laughs> to your boys up in ukraine i can't even keep up but i can't wait till people find out what's really going on like what do y'all can we get a fuck bro didn't we like borrow and print this money in order to loan it not, not even loan gift basically grant they're grants they're u.s grants in the, we the had, yeah we had to like borrow and print it to add to the 40 percent that have already been created in just the last 24 months right and we ain't got it like that we america is broke we ain't got it like that now's not the time to go borrow and print some money on your behalf to to give to freaking Ukraine. Yeah, America right now is like uh like Cole from Martin or Brother Man from Martin. That's that's the level we're at right now. I mean, they're really really doing a really bad job. And um like the poll numbers, bro, I don't know if you've heard some of the polls on Brandon. It's like 1% of youngsters. I think it's like 19 to 25 or 19 to 29 something like that age group only one percent approved i mean he's lost independence he's losing african-american males a uh, whole bunch of asian folk latinos um it, it's the worst it's the worst dude it's like falling off a cliff you know do you because I, I i sit here in front of it like if people saw like my workstation which i'm very you know i don't use the word blessed very often but i'm blessed to have this i never thought i'd have this much this you know ability to have resources to just look stuff up learn add to, add to content and whatever whatever but i sit behind these monitors and i am constantly reading articles and i'm reading different things and i'll just kind of step take a step back as i'm trying to get more efficient at putting all this stuff together into like usable notes and usable information that you then create something with so it sticks in your head more. And hopefully that we'll, we'll be talking about sticks in people's heads more often or, or for longer. But do you try to take a step back yourself and be like, how, 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 how are we still getting to the point where people are still acting? You have 30 plus, you know, 32, what is it, 34% of people who are still like, he's doing a bang up job, right? 
granted, it's only 30-something percent, which is probably the worst and will, will be the worst in history forever. And a larger per- uh, percentage of people know what's going on. But how the fuck do you still have people in comment sections? Granted, they might be bots. I don't know. We don't know. Elon hasn't really officially you know, uh, uncovered it all. But people still rally behind this guy to a certain degree. Yeah, a lot of them are bots. And uh, inflation numbers just came out. They think they said 9.1%. Uh, you know, and I saw me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so the, there was a study. I was trying to pull it up real quick. There's a study that was done uh, by the Department of Labor. Um, real average hourly earnings. No, 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 no. The average worker has lost the equivalent of almost $3,400 in annual income since Biden took office. And this was from the Department of Labor, I believe. So, and then you got to... Then you got to factor in inflation on top of that. And then, the, I mean, the cost of goods and gasoline. Um, you know, I would love to hear a Dem right now try to, like, at the same time, be a human. Don't be a bot. But at the same time, try to, like, persuade and, and debate that they're actually doing a good job and they're a better choice than what Trump would have <clears throat> did. No, nah, it's impossible at this point. You have to be you have to be so willfully ignorant and um, extremely, what's the word? Like when you're part of the cult, as they say, right? That the left is. You're you're really emotionally charged, and you're only wanting to see things through. You know, it's for the greater good, and and this is eventually going to help everybody as a whole, and it's about bringing us together. All these weird fake, you know, word salad phrases that they use that mean absolutely nothing. Um, they're out there though. Those people are out there, and so this from so the real average hourly earnings decreased by three point six percent from last June to this June, which is last month, uh, according to the recent Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers. The change in the real average earnings, combined with a decrease in uh, almost one percent average work week, resulted in a four point four decrease in real average weekly earnings. This is catastrophic. Thirty four hundred dollars is, uh, I mean, thirty four hundred dollars for a lot of people is their month. That's like one month of work gone out the window. That's not including on top of what you're already paying for that's so much more expensive. Yeah, but Ukraine. Yeah, but leave the border open. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, there it's all kind of fentanyl and human trafficking and stuff. Like, it's you know what I mean? Um, oh, real quick, since you just finished talking about how um a lot of Dems are part of this cult, there's a really funny uh Saturday Night Live skit. I think it came out when it was Hillary versus Trump. And it had Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock in it. And I literally just watched it before we went on live. And uh, it's SNL. It's called Election Night. And I did a couple screen grabs because there's a part. It's basically like a bunch of white liberals. And then you got like two black guys, right? Mm-hmm. Chappelle and Chris Rock. <clears throat> but all the white liberals are like, oh, dude, like Hillary, uh, you know, Axios says she's going to win by six or whatever. And it's like, well, there's always that nightmare scenario where Trump wins the uh, popular vote or whatever. To, and um, and Dave Chappelle has his punchlines in between. But it, it's funny because they're, they're like, oh, yeah, Hillary's going to win Florida for sure. It's like, come on, my Latinos. And they did like a toast. And then it, it, it cuts back to Trump just won Florida. And, it, and then uh, Chappelle says, uh, Y'all just got to watch it. But Chappelle says, oh, I guess the Latinos didn't hear about y'all's toes. <laughs> but speak- at the, at, at, uh-huh, no, 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 go ahead. At the end, what? <clears throat> no, nah, so basically, it's still SNL, so they're still, like, lame in a way because they were basically, their big punchline at the end was like, I can't believe America's this racist, you know? And Chappelle and Chris Rock are kind of looking at each other kind of like, um, like, we've been trying to tell them 
America's really racist. And don't be surprised that Trump won type of thing. I want to watch it just because I'm interested in, in like revisiting something that happened during Trump running the first time. But um, SNL, man, SNL as a whole, I've not been able to like genuinely laugh at in like 15 years, probably more maybe. Yeah. But um, speaking of those, that same subject, fast forward to 2022, you got Joe Biden up there. Jill Biden, uh, what, Dr. B, Dr. B talking about Mexican tacos and so on and so forth. And have you, I mean, just all the posts with like Myra for Congress or all these, you know, very attractive uh, Latinas who we see on social media who are on the conservative side, just taking it kind of like the whole deplorable thing. Like they're just taking it and running with it and just making people see how stupid of a comment that that was. <clears throat> Yeah, and you know what though? Have you seen the comments from the other side? Where like that lady Anna Navarro, like basically when they once they get issued their talking points, mm -hmm. they all echo mm -hmm. the same thing, which was, "Oh, y'all didn't have this energy when when y'all's leader Trump called what did he what did he say? Uh, oh, called y'all rapists, called Mexicans rapists and murderers and thieves or whatever. It's like, and y'all want to make a big deal over this little bitty gaffe." No, I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised. She's also yeah. an idiot. So that's what they're resorting to, right? But it's almost like um, I need to memorize all the different debate, um, I guess, uh, what are they called? Um, like, what is it, like logical fallacies? Like, basically, mm -hmm. their whole argument has no basis, you know, it's not that wouldn't count as like a straw man argument or uh, what do they call it? There's a red herring or some shit. I don't know what the fuck they all mean, but it's like your whole argument is saying something that arguably didn't happen. He did not call all Mexicans rapists. Who's that stupid? You know what I mean? To call an entire freaking country, an ethnic group or whatever rapists. He was talking about specifically the rapist ones, the ones that do rapey things. The ones that do rapey things. And, and, and let's not forget, um, I wrote that little letter when I want to sit up there and be woke. When I was like, dear Donald Trump, you've awoken the silent giant. We thank you. We thank you for showing your true orange colors. Trumpitas. We're going to go vote now. Oh, you've really done it now, Mr. Donald Trump. Oh, Wait dude. till we get our Hey, speaking of, I'm not speaking of, but uh, I don't know why the fuck this came to mind. Today's 713 day here in, in the H. El H. What up? What up with it? Look, we should go get some tacos to celebrate. Abuelita de Batman. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you said something about, oh, if Trompita's something, it just reminded me of, you know, Bun B's doing a, a collab with the Astros. And, um, I don't, I don't know why I just looked I looked up to see what the hats were going to look like and uh, like with a fourth or fifth picture some, somewhere down the line it was him with the uh, anti-Trump social shirt you know that he from a couple years it looked like Andrew Schultz's anti-social whatever whatever club yeah they're doing a parody of the same brand yeah yeah so I'm like alright we're still on that huh I didn't, know, I didn't know how old the shirt was or how old the, the picture was but I don't know man that, that's a good question for I mean <sighs> I think these days, bro, like if you're going to wear some anti-Trump stuff, maybe it's an old photo. Yeah. But it's like, and, and again, people can live in their own reality. Some people, they just pay attention to sports and they don't really get into, um, they don't really, politics, It, you know, they don't like what it does to people and they don't like to see their ultra liberal friends not get along with their ultra conservative, ultra MAGA. So some people like to stay out of it or whatever, but it's like. 
you know, because I wore my Ultra Maga hat yesterday. I had to take Penny to a uh, ballet. Yeah. And it, you already know in ballet, it was going to be all your. I mean, I'm not a mind reader. I can't tell who voted how or whose approval rating is what. But some you could kind of tell, like, yeah, that person's super lefty, Larry, for sure. And I'm in there with my Ultra Maga hat. They're like, oh my God, he he, he woke up this, today and chose violence. <laughs> he, he must be a proud boy. He's an insurrectionist, Jan Sixer. But but to wear but to wear an anti-Trump shirt these days, it's kind of like, bro, he ain't even president right now. Um, like, I, can't you see how bad of a job Kamala and, and old boy are doing? Yeah, it, it really makes you think. Like, man, what you said, you're, and you're right. People choose and can choose and do choose to live in their own realities. And the problem, though, with that, because we all live in our own realities. Like, we do a, a podcast called Red Pill Tamales. We read, you know, a majority of a certain uh, side-leaning of, of perspectives and opinions, even though we try to mix up most of the sources from, you know, left-wing slash legacy media anyway. But we put our own, you know, take our take whatever we take from it and spin it in our opinions of what we think about it. But... If you can't do that, like if you live, if you're living just in the left wing bubble and you don't ever come up for air, you know, a little bit of fresh air from the other side, it's, in my opinion, going to lead to a legitimate mental breakdown to where you're going to legitimately need to be in a fucking insane asylum. Yo, so Juan Perez just posted on my Instagram, I think yesterday, y'all go check it out at real chingle bling on IG. Um, a clip from RPT. It was like during the winter because I had on a beanie. And um, I was basically saying this, which which relates to what you just said. <clears throat> I was basically saying, when is the orange man bad hypnotism going to wear off? And mm. people going to be like, oh, 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 shit. Damn, that motherfuckers assigned me an opinion and just told me that the world was on fire and chaos under Donald Trump and he's racist because he said law and order and he said stand back, stand by. And they told me he called Nazis fine people and he overfed the koi fish. Uh, I retweeted Scott Adams. He has a list of hoaxes. Like if you still trust the media, like here's a checklist of just like Russia, 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 mm -hmm. like so on, like everything that they would hop on TV and do a whole cycle of like bombarding you with like Trump's dark message and like, they're trying to bring back the whole insurrection thing, even though some uh, feds that were informants, they just got, um, what's the word? I don't know if they whistle blew or got exposed. But anyway, the left loves pushing these hoaxes. And I wonder when the propaganda, because look, Trump was super popular right before he said he was going to run for president. Right. It was... TV. He was just the old rich white guy from New York and he had buildings and hotels and he luxurious, you know, go toilets. You know, that's the Trump way. And then he was like, yo, we need a tight border. We got to be America first. We can't be on this globalist stuff. We got to drain the swamp. Uh, the the media, media is fake news, enemy of the people. And the swamp and the administrative state got threatened. And they're like, yo, turn on, turn on the machine, like rev it up. And turn, do do what y'all do. Paint him as a racist. Do do whatever you got to do. Bring back some old shit. Take some shit out of context. But literally a huge giant psyop. Yeah, man. Because like when I was going into like started my community college slash small university stint, Mac Miller's Donald Trump shit was like everybody's anthem that you know grew up basically with me. And I wonder now how many of those people. Uh, whether they grew up in the small town or or they didn't, they were already from you know the city. We just completely just 
forgot about that and then they just started you know eating all of the narrative and taking it all in and being like no that guy's evil that guy's terrible you know so it was like it was like a pretty jammish uh song yeah i mean if you were a mac miller fan like you know the donald trump song like it's just it's it was a great song you know it's a great great beat great song great message in, in the mac miller kind of way and uh, that's one of many like i'm sure there's tons of examples that you can give from just the hip-hop days of the same and maybe not a whole song about it but like uh, references to them hey i stumbled across this um old donald trump tweets account on twitter and because i never really used to i mean for one i wasn't no big trump fan at all in the beginning right because i was still lefty larry and i believe the opinion that was assigned to me and um so i never really would check out his twitter but anyway i went down that that little rabbit hole Mm -hmm. before you know it i think i was at the airport before you know it bro i had already like went down the entire timeline like this fool used to fucking tweet all types of wild shit. And, <laughs> and I miss the mean tweets. He made Twitter fun. He was transparent. And now you have um KJP up there just like, um, yeah, I don't have anything. Like, she's Miss Circle back 2.0. Like, mm. I don't have anything on that. Yeah, sorry, I don't have anything on that. I'll let you know when I get some of that. Yeah. I'm gonna refer you to uh, that department. In all fairness, I would say that that Chucky was she did the job a thousand like which like when you say did a good job, doing a good job at you know spreading propaganda and whatever the fuck the job entails, she did a much better job at that than this lady. <laughs> hey, bro, Chucky is such a linguistic kill shot. <laughs> Chucky, like. I, bro, that's that's on the level of like how Trump would brand people. Trump was so good at roasting and just coming up with that nickname that stuck. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one they said? Um, Hiding Biden. Hiding. Oh, dude. Yeah. Damn it. Was that it? Hiding. Yeah. I think it was Hiding Biden. Oh, Joe B. Hyden. Joe, Joe B. Hyden. Hyden. That's what it was. That's what it was. Joe B. Hyden. I'm so glad you remember that. that. I gotta write that bitch down. Joe B. Hyden. Bro, bro that's hard, bro. I don't even From know a- where I heard that. From a comedian standpoint, I'm on tour, Legalized Freedom Tour. Get your tickets now at Chingobling.com. In July, we have Denver, and we have Oklahoma City. Uh, I believe I have Chicago as well. Uh, I don't recall. Hit up the website. Get your info. Chingobling.com. So the World Economic Forum, segueing here to something that's just as ridiculous as everything else that's going on in the world. On Monday, they released a paper, a position paper that said lowering fossil fuel used to reduce let me start over the world economic forum on monday released a paper uh that said lowering fossil fuel use in uh to reduce carbon emissions was necessary to the world uh as the world faces two global crises climate change and the decline of democracy so you basically just need to eat uh cricket paste uh not drive your car if anything sell your car also buy an electric car while you're at it Bro, it's it's green communism. Green communism. It's communism. It's basically it's basically communism, but it comes in this Trojan horse where we're supposed to listen to Greta Thunberg and all these people and talk to the uh, the farmers of the Netherlands and farmers from other countries and they're they're experiencing it firsthand. And guess what, bro? I just picked up uh three books. And I'm I'm in the first one. Uh, I'm I'm about knee deep in that first one, which is uh, the Gulag Archipelago, mm. Volume One. 
volume one of, of Homeboy just talking about in that post-Lenin, Stalin era where they would just arrest people. They were just arresting everybody, sending them to the gulag. And uh, he was just describing how they did it. But, um, but yeah, like, go back in history. You know what I'm saying? Go back and hit. This ain't the first time where they want to, like, take your guns away. I mean, they're just doing it in a slick way. You know, they fucking up the economy. They're doing their little great reset. Uh, supply chain's all stupid. Everything's all disrupted, of course, because that little bug um, got tinkered with. And, you know, I, I dare not say where the function was gained, <laughs> you know. I uh, um, Did you ever read the Communist Manifesto? Hell no! You really you should. I, I I remember skimming through it when I was a little bit younger. Probably well, probably like five years ago. But uh, I just so I'm gonna start. I started it again this morning. I'm gonna read it all. Uh, just go through it to refamiliarize myself with a lot of the things we've been talking about. And there's tons of books on communism and Marxism and, and socialism and all that stuff. And there's a couple of them that always you know stand out. And the Communist Manifesto being one of them. And it was just funny. Like I just read like the first couple of lines uh, before I got fucking distracted with something else I had to do. Uh, probably get snacks for the kids. But um. In, 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 talking about 1848, right? Marx had had said they were they were talking about obviously the you know the bourgeoisie and the proletariats and all this stuff. And when it came to socialists, he he didn't he didn't like think fond of socialists. Like he thought socialists were just lazy people who were moochers, and it wasn't quite the same as like what more what what like he uh, saw as like getting the means of, of production and helping everybody. There's just a lot. My Karl Marx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just uh, there was just a lot to it that I had forgotten. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go back and read this again, and just you know, again, just try to take it in and make sense of it. When you have people who are in 2002 picketing and 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 touting how this is the way America needs to go, I'm like, okay, I gotta I gotta reread this again just because I I don't understand it. I don't know how you can live in, in America 2022 and and feel like that's the direction you want to push towards. Well, this is why, bro, because in academia, in these universities, you have a lot of woke professors that like to give a softer take <clears throat> on communism, where they they kind of spoon feed it to the kids in a certain way. They put it in a nice package, a nice bowl, and they always have the but but exceptions like they they're not going to tell you the reality of the hundreds of millions of people that were starved to death and killed and and the famine. They're not going to tell you about that, about that style. You know what I mean? Centralized, yeah. centralized, where you don't have free markets. It's just a really fucked up way to live where everyone's going to be equally fucked unless you're just in with the party and you're one of the freaking ruling class. And then it just eats itself and it just starts going after more and more people and, and so on. And then they get power hungry and then you have gulags and then people getting arrested. Now you no longer have free speech and so on. But um, they don't tell you that. No. They, you know... They basically like to be like, what? they're not going to tell you about pot, pot and all these different uh, dictators. And, you know, they're not going to tell you about Mao and all these people and, uh, and all the fucked up shit that went down. Uh, they just like to be like, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, really great theory. And, you know, it makes sense. And they try to, like, hide the bad and try to, like, bamboozle you and persuade you with what they think sounds good. Yeah, I don't think like. Every you can't do everything right. Like even if you have a lot of interests, like like you and I, we have a lot of interests. You can't do everything. But what I hope we get to do with uh, with RPT Studios is create the entertainment slash 
edutainment in a sense that we can, you know, put out there through different shows and and avenues to get some of these points across because you're right, like these woke, I'm actually going to play a video here in a second of of one of these woke teachers. You said, you said it perfectly where they, how did you say it? They, um, they have a soft take on this stuff. So not only just this, they have a soft take on everything. And I'm going to play this video with, I don't know if you've seen it, with a teacher and and Josh Hawley talking about uh, trans stuff in schools. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Like we we will be back in studio soon. Everything will get back to a to a regularly scheduled uh, uh, week, and we got some ideas, man. I got some ideas. You got some opportunities. So hopefully, uh, everybody likes them and they support directly. Where can they support directly, Chingo? Rockfin.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. If you want to sponsor the show, if you have a business, if you want some product placement, if you want to support and back what we have going on. Um, as y'all can see, we already work with like Magic Mind and a few other companies. But uh, hit us up. Send us an email. Redpiltamales at gmail.com. And if you don't think you'll use all of the Rockfin features, we still got the old trusty Patreon.com forward slash Red Tamales for now until we become one of the people on the list that gets kicked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, we're seeing that happen uh, more and more often. Yeah. Uh, here, let me pull this up. Oh, I saw you picked up another book. You said you picked up a few. I saw, uh, was Red Famine one of them that I saw in that picture? Yeah, I think that one's by Ann Applebaum. Yeah, it was like Stalin's War in Ukraine, right? I have it on the shelf here as well. I just, I never, never got to it. Oh, got that one. Okay, yeah. you heard about it. Yeah, it's a great I book. Had, I had heard about it because I think I heard her on a podcast, but then when I was looking for the Gulag book, uh, it's in the same Russian history section. Uh-huh. So I saw like, oh shit, I need that too. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I got was one that Juan Big Stoner recommended, which was um, <clears throat> economics in one lesson or something like that. Oh, hold on, let me grab something real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna give some uh, some quick productivity hacks. So, since getting um, the the Rona and being like literally Walking Dead for about you know two days, three days, and the rest of it is just like this lingering, just fog, brain fog, and shit. I I was going down a rabbit hole of how to be more productive. Like, there's just so, you know, you got, you know, you got this shit and you got this over here and then you, you, know, you got this one over here and then turn into Marisol, right? I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. It's too many things. Things either don't get crossed out, they don't get transferred to the next month or the next day or the next week or whatever. So uh, I bit the bullet and got an iPad and I was going down the rabbit hole of how to structure because i love tech i love using my screens and my computer and my phone and shit so um i've been spending the last like 48 hours syncing a lot of these same things i would do on physical paper on on apps on apps that are just built for productivity and um to go into that with note taking and reading and then getting stuff ready for the show or just getting ready stuff for like a presentation that i'm putting together all this stuff i wanted it really condensed and easy to work with so one of the things hold on real quick it's an app, and I wanted to mention it because a lot of us talk about reading, and it's not a it's not a supplement for reading, but it is, I think, something that uh, will give you an idea if you want to read a certain book. And uh, where the hell did I put it? It's called um, Dame un segundo. It's called. Ooh, it reads it for you. So no, I actually I do have an app for that too. That's called. Um, uh, Slow it down, slow it down. Voice Dream. Voice Dream is an app, and a lot of these are paid for. And you guys got to understand, too, if you want the best uh, uh, apps, they're almost always going to be paid for or some sort of a subscription service, a couple dollars a month. But Voice Dream, you can import any article, book, 
picture of a book and it'll read it for you. And it's got a ton of different voices and it's just one of those really good convenient things. But the one I was going to mention just now, it's called short form. So shortform.com. Oh shit. They need to sponsor the podcast is a website that has books and it has all of the best, uh, highlights and cliff notes from the books. And then it, it gives you a really good understanding of the book, what it's about, you know, good takeaways, good quotes, good things that you can really extract from it. So uh, I suggest that that way, if there's a book you want to read, look it up. They actually have more, m- almost all books on there and be like, okay, what's this book about? They'll give you, you know, like the, you know, chapter one through five rundown, you read it, you check it out. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get this book on my Kindle or whatever the hell. But um, I think that's a good way to just start diving into more stuff like because there's so many books on the shelf or you know in the office in the studio or whatever and you're like where do i start can i finish it it's so long and you know what man um well i was in cali by myself for like two days and then my soul flew in and we did el central but um i've been enjoying like i haven't picked up the other two red i haven't opened up red famine and, and the economics one i've been really just enjoying getting into the uh, story of this gulag archipelago so i've i just been enjoying my reading time and um just the fact that maybe because i was on the road it's like i i didn't have all my stuff and i wasn't like overwhelmed like i wasn't getting pulled in different directions yeah but but anyway uh but yeah man i'm curious to hear more uh which productivity hacks yeah i got it yeah i got a ton of them for for us for you and i and then um you know as as we do more content i'll, I'll somehow put this into videos or podcasts or something just because it's uh i think it's important man and also like there's nothing on this that's not for productivity it's not there's no apps there's no instagram there's no social media all that stuff mostly gets done from my phone or from the computer this is specifically for reading writing and research Daily journaling, I have to get back to daily journaling. You know how important that is for just like stream of consciousness, just getting better and lucid at writing and thinking and putting ideas on on paper. Or in this case, you know, fucking digital pen. I never thought I'd like this. This thing's amazing, the the, uh, Gen 2 Apple Pencil. Um, But all that stuff, man, like there's just so many different things. You're spinning all these plates, and I just want to unload my brain of this information and put it into a a, a process where it's a system. Like I know where I'm reading from, I know where I'm taking notes from, and I know where I'm processing all the whatever comes out at the end of it. So yeah, I've put a couple of apps together that all like, uh, uh, what do you call it, sync together. There are different integrations. So if you're a junkie about this kind of stuff and you want to find an efficient way, I'll, I'll start mentioning hacks here throughout podcasts and stuff about how to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's very necessary because you know, when we're not talking politics, we're talking about like efficiency and systems, you know, systems, not goals. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people could relate because look, we're already halfway through the year yep. before you know it is new year's resolutions again. Now you wondering why you didn't lose in 15 pounds or put on them 10 pounds of muscle or fell off on the diet or, uh, didn't get another belt in jujitsu, whatever your hangups are <laughs> like their life throws all these curveballs at you. But like, we definitely want to cover a whole bunch of stuff in, in some other podcasts for sure. Yeah. And, uh, there's a quote, <clears throat> I had it in a tab earlier, but it's a, so Jerry Seinfeld has this theory and I just read about it as I was, you know, I've been going through this productivity rabbit hole, but it's called uh, the chain theory. <clears throat> Have you heard it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think I had heard something similar to it, but I'd never seen him, his picture in the quote, like the full quote. And it's basically just like, it, it was a, like, it was a, a habit builder thing. Like 
in order to not break the habit or to build better habits, you know, you, you start the chain and you don't break the chain. You make sure you always keep it going because the last thing you want to do is break the chain. And as you get progress and you see how long the chain's getting, it'll prevent you from stopping it, you know, and just paraphrasing. Yeah. And, and in his case, it was like writing jokes every day, basically. Yeah. Yeah. People pad and just like a daily habit ritual. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. But uh, here, let me play this video here for you. And we're talking about woke teachers. We're talking about people that have soft takes on things. And I don't know that you've seen it, but I want you to see it. And I want to see your reaction to it. So let me share the screen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of the witnesses for being here. Uh, before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Meske, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? <laughs> many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's, uh, it's We can it's recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think. Men can get <laughs> so pregnant. you are denying that trans people exist, Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this, where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're a- opening up people to oh, violence? We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot. I just know. In this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. What a c word, bro! That's typical trained cultural Marxists. Um, that's how they gain power. They have to be able to play this game where you're always cornered, and she turned it around on him. And I'm sure people at home, you know, some people are like, "Yeah, hell yeah, sister, get him." The white man hates when an educated young black woman knows her shit and she told him and it's like okay my big my biggest takeaway my biggest problem is the method of uh i guess the tactic that comes with marxism where with when it comes to like what is true and postmodern and how they try to like shut you down and hit him with the phobic phobic she labeled him transphobic for 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 saying for she said that oh you're denying that trans men exist and that's why they're suicidal and it's almost like basically like saying shut the hell up you're not allowed to talk about this you can't question me so you always gonna have more authority um it i'm trying to explain like it's almost like the rules of the game that they lay out People don't even know what the rules are. They're ever changing. And it's all for their power grab. It's all just Marx's word salad. 
Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how you <clears throat> I don't know how you combat that as a kid, right? Or as a as a youngster at all. You would have to have some really <laughs> hardcore Hank Hill, Red Foreman type of parent, dad, right? And specifically dad. Specifically dad. God, obviously, in your life of some sorts or some kind of structure. I'm saying that's me, what you just described. Oh, okay. Like like yeah, you're bas- you're basically saying you'd have to have um some values so ingrained in your child to where they can literally hear a professor tell them 50 different ways that men can get pregnant and cisgendered women yada yada whatever the hell she just said and come out of that unscathed still coming home with some sense saying oh yeah dad don't worry yeah those professors they're trying to push all this uh woke gender marxism ideology crap but i just ignore it or whatever but it's like like you said, how how much work is that on the parent? Like you're, you're coughing up all this money. I, I have that debate with Marisol all the time to this day. For school? Yeah, yeah, where basically she's like, they can go to college and, you know, as long as you kind of like show them what's up and they know what's up and then they won't be able to get to them. And I'm thinking to myself, they're going to, at every corner, like just walking to the lunchroom, there's a table of an organization. Hey, we're the, the gay straight alliance on campus and it's okay. You know, you don't have to be non-gender, but you know, we're having a mixer and your friends coming and next thing you know, you over there. Okay. What's well, just a mixer. All right. Well, look at your economics homework. What does it say about capitalism? Oh, open up your history book. Why are they, why is 1619 project part of y'all's freaking required reading? And white fragility or whatever else. Yeah, it's, again, even if you do have that, you know, I, I, I've heard countless stories from comedians on, on Rogan and other shows, and I can't think of them specifically. I think one of them was like um, Tom Papa, maybe, and a couple of people who, Tom Papa, arguably, is pretty left anyway, but they'll say, like, I send my kids off to college, and six months later, they come back for a Thanksgiving break, and they're a completely different person. They're either their hair is color, they're, they're fighting with me on everything that we talk about, we're butting heads on everything, and they thought they sent their kids with a pretty solid, grounded uh, foundation of, you know, ethics, morals, whatever you want, understanding of the world, whatever you want to say, and nah, it gets to them immediately. Yeah, bro, it, I, I'm just not a big fan of it. I just feel like it's too far gone, and um, it, I feel like it's so much more valuable. I've said it before on this show where I feel like it's better for your kid to have like, obviously like a good spiritual foundation, some common sense, work ethic, understand the value of the dollar, just a variety of good skill set. Like just have a little bit of work experience, um, just a good variety of skills, you know what I mean? So that you can have a, a trade or be an entrepreneur and just be successful in life, period. Because Honestly, I know firsthand just because you go to college like I went to um, I went to school with people where like some were just natural born hustlers. They were going to do well no matter what. And then others, they just thought that because they went to Trinity University that, you know, they were entitled to some cushy white collar in the AC. And it's like 
yeah, no, there's, you're not guaranteed any of that. So Yeah, because it, it's not just about, a lot of people think they have this misconception that's solely about knowledge, right? It's not just about what you know. It's about implementation. It's about actual world world, real world experience of whatever sort. Because if it was just about knowledge, we'd all be, you know, what, genius billionaires, I guess. It's not, it's not just about what you know. It's how you implement it. Yeah, hustle, grit, um, you know, just, some, just a good attitude. You know what I'm saying? A good attitude and just maybe like some well-roundedness. Like you're able to hit off a conversation with an elderly person and, you know, just a variety of things to where you're like a good person and you know how to network. And I mean, sky's the limit. There's tons of people who have no college, but they're just like Fortune 100, you know, so on. Killing it. Here's a clip that I wanted to play for you, too. That's kind of right up the alley of what we've been talking about, and I'm sure you'll completely agree with. <clears throat> Is the biggest moral crisis facing the country right now? Secularization. Whenever I summarize my life's work, I say, really, there has been one overwhelming theme, the consequences of secularism. Secularism is wonderful for government, it's wonderful for the sciences, and it's awful for the rest of life. Most conservatives don't know that. Many religious people don't know it and certainly don't know how to make the case for it. Everything that we're seeing, all the chaos that we are seeing now, is a result of the death of God and the Bible as the, as the most important book in American life. Yeah, that's, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, so I, I, I never really would have uh, thought that as I got older I would... I don't know why this is. I don't know. Honestly, don't know why the inclination to just be uh, uh, a little bit more combative when it comes to organized religion. Maybe because just all the examples of what organized religion could be if if taken to an extreme. But um, but I have to agree. Like there's just there's structure that this. Let's just talk about this country in particular was kind of founded on that. The more you lose it, the more we seeing it being lost. The more that we see the country itself also being lost. Yeah, and it's and. Since you bring up the founding of the country, it's almost like how amazing is it that the Constitution states that our government is given what innumerable? Uh, stop me, right? If I'm like butchering it, but like basically, we get the rights from God. Oh, inalienable. Yeah, so those rights are inalienable. Yeah, but but in the Constitution, the government is assigned right a certain things of like, hey, you need to. You're just here. You only exist to protect our freedoms and we just have a certain little list of things we kind of need y'all to do not this administrative state swamp uh in cahoots with big tech and the donor class you know what i'm saying uh the media pharma blobbing uh and it's cold too rob how they take they take tax money out of us and it goes to the government and then the government turns around and, and funds Planned Parenthood and then Planned Parenthood turns around and takes some of their profits and lobbies for the Democrats who further promote this pro-choice, reproductive rights, you know, a 10 year old got raped hopes. Uh, yeah, you know. fill in the blank with the propaganda. I mean, just just the other day, the White House tweeted out, um, it might have actually been Joe Biden directly that said, you know, we have to paraphrasing here, just it was something to the effect of like, we need to stop these states around the country that are, uh, uh, you know, talk about Roe v. Wade, like stopping women whose life may be in danger from having an abortion. One, not true. That's not even an abortion at that point. It's, com it's considered something completely different. And also there's no state in the country that has that as an exception where if it, 
it's going to harm the life of the mother. They're not going to do whatever they can to save the mother. It's not a thing. So just in those two points, you have straight lies and propaganda being being spewed out to the American people. You have gullible people who are going to believe it. You have gullible people who are just going to get angry, read that, and go out there and glue their hands to the fucking Starbucks table or to the ground. And then you have the other ones who are going to know what's up or have already read further or investigated. And those people will find themselves crossing paths at a McDonald's with their kids or at Dairy Queen or at the grocery store. Store, and conflict will ensue because one person did not do their due, due diligence to know what's propaganda and what's not. You know what, man? Um, I had to go. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say names of businesses because uh, it's going to give away too much. But sure. I had to go pick up some supplements. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a Starbucks where I had placed an order next to the supplement store. <laughs> In between the Starbucks and the supplement store, there's a sandwich shop. So basically, the gentleman, the gentleman from the supplement store was like, we were just talking about this stuff, right? And and he was like, um, he's like, man, oh, man, old girl at the at the sandwich shop next door, she said she was bragging, talking about she done had eleven abortions in three years, and and still managed to like get pregnant on behalf of other people to where like I guess somebody having fertility problems but then I guess the the dad the donor the sperm donor will come have sex with her old girl from the sandwich shop who done had about 11 abortions in three years and then she turned around carried a baby for these people or something like that and I'm like bro uh you crazy or what bro (laughs) fuck I mean I mean look there's so much we already done talked about this stuff, but there's a lot of fallacies. And if y'all watch the movie Unplanned, or just do like an ounce of research, um, some of the disgusting things about Planned Parenthood, <clears throat> which have shifted my views in this whole debate, is how if somebody underage uh, got brought by their um, human trafficker, the pimp, <clears throat> if it's like an underage girl, she's pregnant, and her like older boyfriend is in the lobby. Planned Parenthood, they take the stance of like, well, we, we meet them where they are. We don't want to judge their sexuality. We ask, don't we don't ask, we don't tell. Basically, they don't do an investigation. They don't ask like, hey, so you're freaking 14, bro. So what's going on? Who Who's the dad? How this happened? And to me, it's almost like, yo, y'all care about y'all's profits so much that y'all would turn a blind eye to an obvious human trafficking victim of somebody who's being forced to prostitute themselves like some older dude selling her body or you got an older dude um brainwashing having sex with a young girl and then he just takes her up to Planned Parenthood and they don't ask questions any damn way dude it's fucking insane um to go back a, a beat when we were talking about Starbucks and this restaurant and whatever did you see the um well probably not let me just play it for you check this out this is this is so funny dude this is what happens when you go you know go woke go broke kind of thing Starbucks closing several of its stores in the Puget Sound area over safety concerns. By the end of the month, the company will close five stores in Seattle and one location in Everett. John Hopper said outside one of the more prominent Starbucks that is scheduled to close down. John, good morning. 
Good morning to you. At the end of the month, we're here at the one at Westlake Center, the Starbucks behind me here. Really popular spot here, but there are concerns about crime, assaults, thefts, drug use as well. And Starbucks says it made the decision to close certain locations based on how many criminal complaints were made and whether stores could successfully lower those crime rates. Now, Starbucks stores closing in Seattle include locations in the central area, Capitol Hill and in the Roosevelt neighborhood as well. There's also one location in Everett that is closing over crime concerns. Starbucks. <laughs> there you go. That's Seattle for you, baby. Man, liberal shithole. <laughs> I got family lives in Seattle too. Word. Um, but I mean, hell, I live in a liberal shithole, really, if you want to get down to it. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it is, bro. Walgreens be shutting down. It's almost like these Marxists, they just want this dystopian. They don't mind destroying and burning down what exists because they've all told you straight up. They want to be transformative. They want to be so progressive that they're willing to destroy in order to build back better. They want to rebuild with them in charge. You know, these. I saw this meme where like, it says people who live in places like this, and it's like a polluted Los Angeles or New York, uh, want to preach to people who live like this about um, about climate justice or something, where basically somebody from a smoggy city is talking to like the agricultural, rural parts of America, <clears throat> trying to impose their ideology. And there's no other way to look at it than... They want to kind of like disrupt what's going on. I mean, they want their great reset. You know, they want you to eat the bugs and enjoy it. Yeah. Your cricket. It, it, it's just funny to me at this point. It is really comical at the people that will get into arguments on the hellscape that is Twitter about this kind of stuff and just believe with all their hearts that, uh, you know, what's going on in Seattle or what's going on in any of these really, you know, blue run cities is, uh, is a good thing. You know, it's all summers of summers of love everywhere. Mostly peaceful. I want to. I mean, go. Oh, ahead. Go ahead. So real quick, uh, you you about to pull something up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, dude, the other morning I was up with the baby, and um, on YouTube they had a segment. I don't know if it was like CNBC. It was just some mainstream normie kind of left wing, and it was talking about how three hundred sixty thousand people left California in one year. <laughs> And it just kind of said, you know, they went to states like Arizona and Texas and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then it says, but this percentage of people actually moved to Mexico where they can still earn in dollars and live like a king and not have to stress over the rent. Like you get more square footage, you might get beachside property. Like if you don't have to deal with commute, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, I don't even think a lot of those people pay taxes in Mexico, but. Anyway, they live their best life down there because uh, minimum wage over here is like 15 bucks in a lot of places. And over there, it's like $8 a day. So, you know, all your service, everything's cheaper. Your cost of living's cheaper, probably less stress. And uh, one lady, she lived in Tijuana, but she would commute and walk across and work in San Diego. Um, and they're driving up the rent for Mexico Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So the economics of it, right? Supply, demand, and then a lot of the little neighborhoods where a lot of these expats and stuff like that live, 
they're not really places where like the locals really have access to. It's not really designed for them. Like for a local, you're not really building it in mind of like, here's where you can put your laptop and you can work from here. And this is like a cool build out desk, you know? So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Like how many people live in leaving Cali and how many folks due to economics are like, shit, why fucking deal with all the bullshit in San Francisco where you could live in freaking by the beach? Dude, I can't wait for Newsom to announce a 2024 run for president and then have him go up there on debate stage with Trump or with DeSantis <clears throat> or really almost anybody. Oh, man, it's going to be like, look what you've done to your city. Isn't that your district? Like, look at your state. And, of course, he's going to be like, oh, our economy is actually, if we were our own country, we'd be like seventh in the world. And look at the amount of imports. And he'll be like, your supply chain is broken. You and Pete Booty Judge are like, you're so hypocritical. You shut down communities while you had lavish. Uh, you know, he likes to wine and dine. And le gusta pistear al güey. He's going to have a little slip. He's going to be like, you and Pete Butt gig over there having wine and having a good time. Pedo Peter. Pedo, Peter, and, and Pete Bud gig. Must be a great party. Yeah. Um, Easy, dude. <laughs> excuse me. Man, this, this residual fucking phlegm is not, not, not conducive to good talking. Um, I want a hard segue here. Back to the H. It's 713 day, all that jazz. But um, did you see by chance the story that The Hill uh, did on what they call the Democratic darling, Lena Hidalgo? No. Okay, it's six minutes. Stop me at any time, but I want to pull this up <clears throat> because we've talked about elements of this story for what, whatever, the better part of three, four months now. And it was a puff? It was what? A puff piece? No, no, no. This was an, like a deep dive investigation to uh, why she's getting indicted. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but Milag Milagro? Yeah, well, the 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 uh, the actual fucking journalist himself is a super lefty, but he he says like you know he he made it seem like you know leaving parties aside like this stuff needs to be investigated and and you know understood or whatever. So let me share it with you. <clears throat> Stop me at any time. Pause me. T give me the timeout signal. Whatever. Darling of the Democratic Party is under investigation for allegedly plotting to rig an $11 million COVID vaccine outreach contract for a private consulting firm owned and operated by former Hillary Clinton campaign official with multiple ties to the DNC. Lena Hidalgo, judge for Harris County, Texas, the third most populated county in the entire country, initiated a public COVID vaccination campaign in early 2021. Dan Cohen reports for Mint Press News that by ushering in strict pandemic policies, including lockdowns and school closures, Lena Hidalgo crushed Houston's working class and transformed the city into a cash cow for the emergent multi-million dollar biosecurity industry. And Dan joins us now. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan, and welcome to Rising. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. This is exactly the kind of story, you know, we like to get into how the pandemic, you know, was used by special interests um, to to push various products and policies, et cetera. So give us uh, give us the gist of your story. Well, I mean, the the hook is that Lena Hidalgo rigged a bid for a ten point nine million dollar contract for vaccine outreach in order to encourage people to take covid vaccines. And they gave it to a. A Democratic National Committee operative had no experience in this field, and they selected her firm, Elevate Strategies, which was a one-person operation 
over-established organizations that actually scored better on um, Harris County's uh, scoring for this bid. So this is kind of the tip of the iceberg of the scandals that Lena Hidalgo has been involved in since she became county judge, which is a little bit of a strange term, but she's the top elected official in Harris County, the third most populous county in the United States, which is basically the greater Houston area. So she is she oversaw um, not only rigging this bid, as is shown in the unsealed warrants that the Texas Rangers and the and the Harris County District Attorney um, released, but she's just overseeing the total destruction of Houston's working class and poor through totally nonsensical lockdowns, like much of the country. And you've also you also did some reporting on press con or some kind of publicity she did claiming. Uh, that there was a, an Omicron death and then kind of, I think, reimposing uh, the sort of uh, restrictions. Can you, can you talk about that? What was, what was off about that? So back in December, right before Christmas, everyone was terrified about the new wave of Omicron, you know, those coming out of, out of South Africa. And Lena Hidalgo holds this press conference where she declares that Harris County had the country's first Omicron death. And then I saw it reported some as from and some as with, which obviously can mean very different things. So I called the Harris County Department of Health and they told me, no, they can't confirm that it was a death from Omicron. And so that kind of opened my eyes to kind of go into the story and see what she was up to. And it, and it was just a total lie. She had no evidence and she was basically fear mongering uh, the, the entire country. And that's that's who Lena Hidalgo is. Mm. So is there, uh, you know, what is the, what's going on with the, is there an investigation? There's a, given this, uh, what you've said is an unethical kind of contract being awarded. Uh, what, what's going on with that right now? So the Texas Rangers and the Harris County District Attorney um, raided her office and the warrant was unsealed a month later. Text messages from their computers and cell phones showed how they rigged this bid for that DNC operative. So it, the investigation continues. Lena Hidalgo expects to be in, indicted. Three of her top staff members have been in, indicted themselves. Who knows where this will go? Lena Hidalgo is up for re-election, which, you know, my my work exposing her is in no way an endorsement of her opposition. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm from the left, but I think we have to be honest about regardless who of who is in power that, um, you know, we, we won't accept this kind of blatant corruption. You know, this is such a powerful example of, I think, a phenomenon that, which is political figures and moneyed interests using the pandemic to profit or to gain, you know, more power for themselves. I mean, the tremendous uh, the tremendous power shifted to the to the elites and to government government health officials, some companies, et cetera, to, to set the terms for how we're all allowed to live. Is this issue, is she going to have to resign in disgrace over this? Well, <laughs> one, well, one would she hope, expects to true. be indicted. Yeah. So <laughs> she expects to be she indicted. expects to be indicted. I think a resignation is inevitable. Yeah. She said she expects to be indicted, but, but I mean, and maybe, to your but she'll still probably have to resign. <laughs> I mean, you know, the text messages, if you read those yeah. in the indictment are pretty in, in the right. warrant, I'm sorry, are, are pretty damning is showing that Lena Hidalgo's lockdowns were actually ordered not by public health, real experts, but actually by a billionaire funded uh, think tank housed inside Rice University called the Texas Policy Lab, which is funded by Houston's wealthiest couple. 
And through this uh, Texas Policy Lab, which almost no one has ever heard of, they brought the most heinous destruction of the working class and poor in Houston that it's ever seen, worse than the 2008 Re- Great Recession and the 1987 oil bust combined. shows Ooh. that the, yeah. the billionaire class actually wanted lockdowns. They wanted to basically turn off the spigot so poor and working people could not survive. And basically then the, the biggest corporations in the, in the world, Amazon, for instance, would be able to take their market share as businesses died off. And so that's, you know, that's the reality of this supposed progressive, supposed reformer, Lena Hidalgo, who's really a cog in a mm. nationwide influence machine. Uh, bro, tell me that doesn't boil your fucking blood. It, it, the buried lead at the end, that last minute. Yep. At last minute, if if anybody was going to go look at this and share it and screen grab it, the last minute where he said um, Texas Policy Lab was the think tank that issued the lockdown playbook. That's what she based it off of. Nobody health related. Oh, my God. I thought that was in the middle, in all fairness, which is why I was like, I was really excited to get you to hear it. And I was like, man, I know it was in this clip, but it was the last minute. I thought it was something in the middle. But yeah, when I first watched it yesterday, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because we were led to believe that this is all based off of CDC and World Health Organization and the Houston you know, Department of, of Health and so on and so forth. Not at all. Some people who don't understand how stuff works, they're thinking like it was Trump, the White House. Oh, God. So yeah, man, that's the because we know people that have lost businesses. We we know people that have lost a lot, and um, when you start seeing all of this unfold, which we two years ago, almost two years ago, we're 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 like four or five months away from you know the two years of, of us doing this podcast, and we said that this is going to unfold, and, and people are going to find out these things, and eventually, I honestly think that two years later is a lot sooner than what I. I probably initially anticipated all this stuff coming out like it's all it's all coming i mean from the hunter laptop to all these different things with the pandemic and the jab and all that it's it's really unfolding fast but but i'd argue that if you're on the left and you're a normie and you're just in your news bubble then you're like but robert uh, um it, you know this was a deadly virus it was a pandemic and fauci and all these people had to do it did what they had to do and not to mention like for me, tour-wise, even if it was just, oh, Lena Hidalgo did the Texas think tank, uh, Texas policy, whatever. What was it? I forget what the hell the name of it was. But not to mention, this was a coordinated effort in many, many, many markets to where it's it's kind of like they're so busy trying to paint Trump as like these deaths are on your hands and they're trying to look at the case number. CNN had the counter case number, case number. Um, you think I was going to be able to tour in California at a certain point? No, it wasn't until like, I guess some of these counties were like, Hey dude, we're down to have you, have you in Brea or Irvine or Ontario or Oxnard or something. Whereas the comedy store, they want, they want all your shot records and, well, I never performed there anyway, but uh, but just in general, like it was a ton of cities, a ton of markets all over the place. What other think tanks were doing this and what where was all this billionaire funded info coming from? Was it like follow the money? Well, they, this think tank got it from this think tank. This think tank got it from this think tank. You know, all the billionaires were funding it. 
All great and, questions. Yeah, and Facebook was pushing it. <clears throat> Speaking of social media, excuse me, speaking of Facebook and social media and all that, we haven't really talked about um, Elon Musk slowing down slash potentially stopping this purchase of Twitter. Yeah. And all because they don't want to shell out the information about how many of their users are, are bots, right? How many, how many of their users are, are just fake, uh, non-people bots, and they're still holding on to this, you know, it's less than 5%. We've given uh, quarterly reports or whatever, and everything that we've told the SEC is, is factual, and we're going to stick by it. And this morning I was reading um, an article that Twitter's going to sue Elon now for, for going back on this, because I know there's that clause where whoever reneges on the transaction has to pay out a billion dollars, so on and so forth. Other people are saying it's 4D-ish chess, because if Twitter were to sue or if they were to go into further litigation, it would prompt for them to have to present more of this information, I guess. I don't know how that's all going to work, but uh, I wanted to see if you had any take on that. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's pretty much the same shit that I know, which is like a third of them are bots. Uh, obviously, some people speculate that Musk knew all that, and it was just it was like 4D chess to like expose them, and it was a winning chess game because it'll go into discovery if they really want to sue him, which which then it'll turn into fraud on them, which is like, hey, you lied to advertisers trying to fluff up your numbers. Yep, you lied to shareholders. You lied to the SEC and so on. And and more than anything, if you zoom out, it's like y'all really were just a propaganda machine to try to influence policy and, um, you know, public discourse. Um, so that's all really that we know from now. That's it, It's been, what, May, June, July. We're going to go on three months of this transaction and... Who knows what's going to happen? Honestly, it's just little by little uh, dripping out information. So if they go to if they go to full on litigation, somebody sues somebody, uh, we're just going to have to wait. Yeah, it's interesting. We shall see. And then also, Elon Musk kind of um, says some shit about Trumpitas, and Trumpitas got him back when he was like, "Oh, uh, you know, we need somebody like DeSantis because you know Trump, he's just a a, a bull in a china shop. He's just too disruptive." Oh. And uh, and then sure enough, uh, Jack Posobiec tweeted like, oh, look at your his Weibo account. Uh, Elon Musk is this other Chinese social media where he's celebrating the CCP. He ain't saying nothing bad about Xi Jinping. And then and then he also said uh, Elon Musk said, if you're over 69, like you have no business running the country. And he said some other stuff, which would almost be like. Hey, keep the same energy for Xi Jinping. Are you saying Xi Jinping's too old and this and that and the third? Yeah. So basically, it's no secret that like he's in cahoots with uh, the CCP because he builds a lot of cars over there and he wants to tap into that market. Yep, yep. So we need to get Chris Irons back on the podcast. He's very, over the last, I mean, as long as I've been listening to his podcast, very anti-Elon Musk. And I've kind of mentioned it on here just in passing because I've, I've never really delved deep into all of the things that he's researched on him. And he has people on, on Quoth the Raven that, you know, all they do is study uh, Tesla business and Tesla and, and their moves or whatever. And that was a big point that they brought up was his keep how he keeps the different type of energy when it comes to what's that app called? Weeble? No, not Weeble. Weeble's an investing app. That, yeah, that one's a we, uh, Weibo or something. Weibo. Weibo. Something like that. Weibo. Uh, a huevo. So uh, to segue into a sad story, have you seen the video from the Uvalde school? Of homeboy getting hand sanitizer? 
Oh, you saw that too? I thought I was the only one that picked it up. Everyone's there and he's at the end of the hallway and he's just getting his fucking hand sanitizer. I didn't listen. Were there gunshots in that damn video? Oh yeah. So they so there's they the only thing they edited out was the children screaming. Oh my god. So you just I didn't want to watch that. You just hear like bah, bah, bah. Yeah, I mean it's from the it's from the scene of the outside where you see the truck kind of crash in the distance, him running towards the school. They show they basically show everything from that one angle, which they could have released this, you know, when it happened. But um, yeah, I mean I don't necessarily want to play it, but it, it, you kind of have to watch it to. I, Don Don sent it to me. My brother sent it to me this morning. I just hadn't gotten to it. And when I did, um, I said based off what we had read, based off what we'd already talked about on the podcast, it it's. We knew all this, right? But when you see it in video, in sequential order, and you see the timestamps in the top corner, it puts it into a different, into a different, I don't know, framing where you're just like, it, this is beyond unbelievable. It's just beyond, it's literally an hour later, and you have, I mean, I'm looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, yeah, 12 plus, probably, I don't know, damn near 15 people here, you know, with all of their gear, all their guns and everything. And they literally just stood there while this guy unloaded all of these rounds. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Like, we've all heard the thing where it's like, well, you know, they thought it was a hostage situation. It was barricaded. Nah, this video disproves a lot of that because uh, after the first round of gunfire, you would think they'd move in. But then that was 45 minutes until they did, right? Or 35 minutes from the first one, whatever it was. And. And, and that particular, because I still don't know who shot him. So that group of dudes, cops, right? Are they the ones who eventually were able to go in and shoot him? Mm-hmm. And they were just waiting on the fucking okay? I guess so, right? Waiting on orders. Um, here, the Post Millennial has a video from, let me see. Oh, this is the full fuck. Give me a second. Yeah, because there's been so much fake news. It's like, so wasn't it Border Patrol, I heard? Wasn't it the Border Patrol that did it? Um, what was it? Who got the exclusive? The Austin American Statesman was who had the exclusive. So you haven't seen the video, but, we, you know, we've talked about it and things as of, as they've unfolded, we've kind of covered it here. But my brother was just like, how do you justify, you know, and we're not how do you allow that to happen one right as the law enforcement but then how do you continue the same energy for you know back the blue kind of support your law enforcement and of course this isn't a uh a talent like this isn't telling of all law enforcement but this particular department was in my opinion just extremely unprepared they weren't unwilling and it's a it's a fucking it's a dark <clears throat> instance here let me see wait wait man <sighs> so dude's flying crashes over here that's when the funeral home called 911 why are there two why are there two people there they, they walked up and he started shooting at these two people oh, oh that's the two people that are probably So it's 11.30 in the morning, according to the timestamp. 
The gunman starts shooting from the parking lot as he's going into the school. There's that back door that was open. It's 11.33 a.m. Enters the school. This is my mother. Who who released this? Where they get this? rounds fired that's 11 that was five minutes after he went in three minutes later the police get there three minutes later they could have already went in right yep and what is it let me see what the there's one two three four five six people seven people eight people son of a gun I wonder if there were windows in the classroom where they could like I mean you know I, I would imagine there were windows and then from here they're going to eventually like retweet I mean uh, retreat yeah here in a second I mean it's only been so he opens fire. The guy opens. Uh, the idiot opens fire again. Four minutes later, the officers retreat to the hallway and take cover after shots are fired. More that now. Here comes the heavy artillery. Here, thirty minutes later, still no rescue attempt. They're all standing at the end of the hallway. Forty-eight minutes later, more gunfire. Hey, uh, yeah, because I mean, it's loud and this shit is just <clears throat> getting gratuitous. Um, okay, so they have a shield, they got they got the same kind of gun, they got big guns, they got shields. I'm just so confused. Um, I remember the guy from the funeral home, he said he had a chance to, to kill him, but I think supposedly the cops were like, no, 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 leave it alone. And then there was supposedly that one cop that had eyes on him as he was approaching the school and could have taken him out then. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, the guy at the funeral home, I believe, didn't have his weapon on him immediately. Yeah, his wife had to bring it, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, that's kind of disgusting, bro. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how they spin this one uh, up in Uvalde as far as what their official statement's going to be or how they how they even, I don't know, man, how th that this department comes back from this at all with any kind of yeah i can't even put it into words it's it's fucking terrible and and the saddest part about it is how people try to use this for a debate to where regular you know making it harder for regular american citizens you know law-abiding to even have their own weapon like they trying to use it for this rhetoric that it's it's one particular kind of gun and you don't need them there's weapons of mass destruction weapons of war and you don't need that turn it in 
And it's like, man, y'all using y'all using this travesty. And then when other people try to suggest like security measures and the doors and the locks and the this, or they try to address the cultural rot, you know what I mean? Or they might say something about video games or whatever. It's like, oh, these crazy conservatives, they want to talk about doors. Ted Cruz thinks that, you know, it's all about you just have to make it like a little prison. And it's like, well, I mean, y'all making these schools soft targets. Like y'all making these gun free zones. And that's where like the most precious uh, of our society is. And y'all making it to where that's where y'all want the sickos to go, in essence. You know what I mean? It's almost like, hey, sickos, here's the sickest thing you could do, and there's no guns. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, I think there's enough of that. I can't take that subject too much. But um, to segue into, you talk about security, talk about protection. Governor Abbott signed uh, some executive orders earlier last week, or late last week, January, or July, rather, 7th, on the border. Have you heard uh, anybody, Bannon, or anybody talk about these executive orders? <clears throat> um. I saw a little something on YouTube, but I think like it was giving permission to DP. Who is it? DPS? The National Guard and DPS. Yeah. To basically send folks back to the border. Yeah. So apprehend them and take them back to the uh, point of entry. So like if they catch you in Waco or Fort Worth, they'll take you all the way back down to the border. And then what happens? And then you're processed by Border Patrol there back to Mexico. Oh, they're actually like border patrol is actually going to be able to deport people. I mean, that's what it. That's how I read through the. I mean, if you guys are interested and you want to read it, the uh, executive order is only three pages. Um, but that's what I gathered from it. Did he declare an invasion? It's funny you use that word. I don't know if it was in uh, somebody was talking about how. Oh, it was um, <laughs> what's her name? Carrie Lake, running running in Arizona, right? She was on Tim Pool's podcast a couple of days ago, and she said, day one, we're declaring an invasion, right? She's, she's a badass, man. She is a fucking badass. But you know how much Republican money is against her? I've heard, but no, I don't know. A lot of GOP money are running, like, hit piece type of campaign, mudslinging, talking about, like, she voted for Obama back in the day, and she kicked it with transsexuals. Mm. And it's like... Well, on tv for 20 years and at the time so that's one thing so she's going to meet a lot of people take a lot of pictures and then also uh you know obama i guess was up against john mccain and he wasn't that popular in arizona so people already kind of had the scoop interesting and again that's why you can't have your pom-poms out as you would say for any particular party or any particular um system and this is what we do and we say is going to be the best other than just having america first people first at the front of your uh, front of your mind and whoever seems to propose and, and act towards that that's who we're going to lean towards not because they're they got a d or an r next to their name but because it makes fucking sense a lot yeah. of this shit just don't make sense and not just because you're latina or latino or whatever all of a sudden you're just gonna get no scrutiny no, you're going to get all the, all the heat, all the smoke, all the tacos. You're going to get it all. Yes, sir. Uh, how much time you got? How much more time you got? Well, I do have to run the discount tire in between episodes. Okay, perfect. Uh, we'll, we're uh, 90 minutes in, so uh, we'll make this an extended first episode because it's going to be super late. It's going to be tardy to the party. So um, this is going to go up on Thursday, and then you go. You still got to get your vehicle. We'll do uh, Fridays whenever you have, you know, whenever you get back. 
Okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll end this and then I'll let you know. Okay, sounds good. Um, all right, man. So you're gonna be in Den- when this drops. You're gonna be tomorrow in Denver, correct? Yeah, the fifteenth and the sixteenth. Orale. All right, man. That's good. Legalized Freedom Tour, Chingoblin.com. Get your tickets now. I love watch your peace.